Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, it's a daily podcast. Hit subscribe. Get yourself subscribed so you get all of the content direct to your device. All platforms free. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Follow me mainly on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget the underscore. Miami Marlins underscore UK. Guys, this is the Friday edition of Locked On Marlins, and thank you for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. We have got part two of the conversation queued up, ready to rock and roll, myself and Braves Twitter goat, Riley's Rakes, also known as Alex. And, well, there's two very topical discussions that we get into early. Marcel, old friend Marcel Ozuna, and, of course, the question that had to be asked, who won the trade? Who won the trade last year? Adam Duvall, Alex Jackson. Just you wait until you hear Alex's reaction. Absolute stunner. Enjoy the episode, guys. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I mean, again, this is another topical conversation and one that, you know, as Marlins fans were interested in too. Um, Obviously, old friend Marcelo Zuna, um, now with the Braves, obviously didn't play at all in in 2021, but I believe is now cleared to return uh, back to baseball in 22. Just where do you sit? What's the kind of vibe and the fan base around Ozuna? Do you see him playing? Do you see him actually playing for the Braves in 22? It's it's very hard to say. Obviously, there's a lot of money tied up in him. Mm. Um, personally, I would rather not see him suit up for the Braves again. Mm. Um, regardless of of where you stand on the issue, I, I think if he is in a Braves uniform on opening day and, and he's on the field, then uh, it, it's you're you're creating uh, this this negative air around a team that should be still celebrating um I, I i don't know what the answer is with marcelo zuna do mm. you do you cut him and eat the money um do you is does a trade partner exist for a guy like him at this point uh, i i i don't know um but if if i had my way i i i wouldn't see him in a braves uniform again hi i have an inkling that um They'll find a way to move him somehow. I feel like it, this is perhaps the feeling, and you know, Alex is probably thinking, right, I'm going to find a trade because he can—he's he's a magician, seemingly. You'll find a way. Sure. So, and, and I mean, at this point, you can have him for free. Just <laughs> he's a—he's a cash considerations kind of trade. Absolutely, get that panda head back or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just take take yeah. it back. So, I'm with you. I think I, it wouldn't shock me at all if that—that's the move that's made. They just kind of, you know move on from Ozuna and it's, it's an unfortunate situation clearly. And, you know, the Braves, like I said, there's a lot of money invested still into him uh, for the next yeah, few years. I mean, it, if, if, if there's a way to move him, you move him. Um, I think an ideal scenario would be if you either signed uh, Solaire or Rosario long-term yeah. um, it, it's, it's weird to be at this point with so many of our crucial postseason pieces, not tied to the team right now. Yeah. Uh, um I, I think the only one who is is uh is Adam Duval. Um <laughs> thankfully, but we, we yeah. do have 
we do have quite a lot of outfielders. So Ozuna is, is far from a necessity for this team. Well, I was going to ask you, just, just to kind of round up on Duvall, um, do you think that the Braves won that trade? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we need to give Alex Jackson a few years to really judge that one. Oh, let, me, I'll, let, me, let me flip this question back to you. Which, which trade did you prefer? The Alex Jackson, Adam Duvall trade or the Yelich Brinson trade? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The, you see, started this. I didn't bring I know, it up. <laughs> I know. See, the, the, the funny thing is with this Duvall situation, this is, this is what completely caught me off guard. I, I knew the contract situation with him, or I thought I did, in that he's got the, there's a mutual option. So I was like, okay, cool. Duvall is out playing this contract. He's going to opt out and look for some more dough. And so I saw him as, listen, the Marlins are out of it. it. It's right to move him. I don't know much about Alex Jackson, but was a, a high draft pick and at some point a highly titled prospect. And we needed some catching depth. I was like, actually, this makes a lot of sense. Then I was like, oh, oh, actually, Adam Duvall's got another year of arbitration left anyway. So even if he opts out, we still had the control. And that kind of flipped it for me. I was like, wow, that was a really poor deal. But I guess... Yeah. For whatever reason, the Marlins wanted to move on. I asked Craig Mish about it, and he said to me, you know, not, he didn't go into a huge amount of detail, but it was around the, the fact that, you know, the bosses had made the call and they were happy to let Adam Duvall go, which well, I, was a mistake, I think, probably. I think a guy like Duvall probably does his best work on a team that's, that's, that's ready to, yeah, to compete yeah. for something in the postseason. Um, I, I don't think he's necessarily a great fit on a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. Um, because good hitting is contagious, uh, as has been said many times. Um, and for a guy that's as home run reliant as Adam Duvall, uh, I think being around guys who are, who are putting the bat on the ball a little bit more consistently, uh, may have been a big help for him. I think so. I did, did I did I say that uh, politically correctly? Enough? I think I, I was just about to say you you delivered that absolutely perfectly, knowing you know the audience. So well done on that one. <laughs> and don't don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved uh, watching Dubois last year. He was he was a lot of fun to watch. He is very home run reliant for sure. And uh, when he got hot, he just really got hot. And I must say. What is it with Adam Duvall in Truist? The guy just comes alive. I don't know what his splits are across ballparks, but Truist, he is absolutely insane. There are so many funky things like that about baseball players, like mm. like where a guy will absolutely rake in the three hole, but if you put him at five, he can't hit. Yeah. Just weird little things like that, that that don't make a ton of sense, but that's kind of what baseball is all about. Yeah, absolutely it is. So... Was there one final piece on last season? Then we're going to kind of look forwards a little bit and get into maybe some of these holes and equally what aren't holes and maybe a well-filled already. But was there a moment as a fan or when was the moment, if it indeed it happened, where you were thinking, this is going to be our year. We're going to do this. Did, did you ever feel that way during that postseason run? Um, the moment I first felt like that was when Tyler Matzik struck out Mookie Betts in game six of the NLCS. Okay. Um, because we've been in those situations before. We've had big leads and we've had the opportunities in those elimination games to, to clinch. 
And we're only one year removed from having that situation against this same team. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're up, you're up four to two. They've got runners on second and third, nobody out. And you're coming in to face Mookie Betts and, you know, the rest of the Dodgers order, which is just insane in general. Um, I, I've never heard a noise like that in my entire life. Uh, okay. That stadium went absolutely insane. Um, Where were you sat? Uh, I was on the 200 level. I was able to get a standing room ticket and me and some friends were, uh, were, were standing 200 level kind of uh, right behind first base. Right. All right, guys, we're going to pause this conversation just very, very briefly. And it is time for our first US ad with a British twist. And it is our guys over at Built Bar. It is the new year and it means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar, what is it? It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars. Chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Boy, oh boy, that does not sound good. What flavors have you got? So many. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie. That's my favorite. Raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. Get yourself over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Built.com. I, I mean, it's funny, you know, not having followed much of Tyler Matzik at all, but all of a sudden, I mean, and not just, I mean, Tyler Matzik has now become like a, a folk hero, I think probably just for that inning itself. What did he strike out the side? Did he strike out the side with the? He struck out the side, or yeah, I think he did strike out the side, and then did the same thing the following inning too. It's <laughs> absolutely wild. But this I mean, is a guy that was three years removed from not being a baseball player. That's what I mean. He'd, he'd given up on he at some point, or I don't know. Well, he was he was an indie ball. He'd he'd been battling the yips uh, yeah. since the end of his time with the Rockies, who drafted him. And, and somehow, somehow found it and the Braves signed him and I, in, in no time, it felt like became the heart and soul of, of our bullpen. For sure. I mean, the whole bullpen itself actually was, I mean, every other day I would see Braves bullpen slander in the regular season, like by Braves from, fans. From Braves fans. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. It was the Braves. <laughs> it was self slander. They were just... Everyone was going bananas about the bullpen. Will Smith couldn't do anything. No one could do anything. Postseason came around and boy, oh boy, they were insane, weren't they? It was it was wild because each and every one of them, AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, Will Smith, they were all garbage for a significant <laughs> portion of the regular season. Yeah. And like this, unequivocally bad for mm. most of the regular season. And then all of a sudden, uh, like Luke started finding it towards the end of the season and then Tyler started finding it. And then, uh, and, and then Will Smith in that last series we had against the, the Phillies to clinch the division. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, he didn't give up a run. I don't know if he gave up a hit in any of the three games against the Phillies. Uh, and all of a sudden he parlayed that into a dominant postseason performance where mm. all of a sudden this guy that, that I personally did not want on the team in August was Mariano Rivera in the postseason. It was crazy. 
Uh, it was, it was, and particularly, like I said, just because I follow a lot of Braves guys on Twitter, yourself included, and so you, you do get the general vibe, and the vibe was that this bullpen was not good, um, but it turned around and got hot, and it was lights out effectively. I've seen that Tyler Matzik, you know, people share that, a condensed version of those three outs that he got with the two runners on, uh, you know, leading by two, no outs, and it was just some big boy pitching from Matzik. So, yeah. It's, my, it, my favorite part about it was after he strikes out bets, he starts walking back to the dugout, try, trying to have his, like, tough guy, this is no big deal face. Yeah. And he takes, like, three or four steps like that, but then all of a sudden it hits him, and he just starts jumping around and going there you crazy. Go. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, it was a stunning year, and, I mean, like you said, that Dodger series in particular, I think, was was huge for, for Braves fans and the players as well, clearly. I think that would have given a, a big boost. Uh, I, don't, I still think the Astros were the favorites, perhaps, but I guess it would, you know, it's it's a toss-up. There's two good teams there um, exactly. in that one. So, you know, it is what it is. So, we look, we're going into 22 now. Let's assume there's a 162 and this CBA business gets resolved I guess they're cutting it fine. I feel like spring training may be shortened is kind of the vibe I'm getting. But let's, I don't know, where do you sit on that? Do you think they're going to get, we're going to get 162 in 22? Uh, I hope so, but mm. I I'm I, I don't believe it yet. No. I, I need to see some kind of movement and none of the reports from these meetings has, has left me feeling good about where things are at. Uh, I read somewhere, and I, I don't know how legitimate this is, but I read somewhere that the players were were very interested in shortening spring training anyway. So, so the argument could be made that perhaps it's a tactic by the players' union to shorten spring training. Um, hopefully, that's it, and it's not actually as contentious as we're we're being led to believe. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's like you said, there was a little bit of a buzz maybe last week, start last week, where like there was meetings back to back days and it felt like there were some topics that were, you know, the players union was dropping a few of the thornier issues or think around kind of um, years of control, perhaps. And I was thinking, OK, there's some momentum starting to build. And then uh, since then, it feels like they've kind of hit another bit of a roadblock and where we're kind of, you know, not much progress is being made. So. I'm like you. I think spring training is too long anyway. Um, so irrespective of what happens this year, you know, shorting it, I don't think it's a bad thing. Let's assume one six two happens and it's a full go season. I think there will be a DH though. I think that seems to be like that's been agreed seemingly. So that all of a sudden that's come that's become for what two two or three years ago seemed like a fifty fifty issue. Yeah. To now that we've seen twenty twenty, everyone's okay with it. Absolutely. I, I was. I was a very much a traditionalist a few years ago, and then I actually got to see my team with a DH. Like, oh, oh that's not so bad. Let's <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> I was that's exactly the same as me with the uh, the expanded postseason. I was like, oh, actually, yeah, this sounds good. The Marlins made it, so happy days. But it made a lot of sense to me in a sixty game season to expand the postseason. Yeah, for sure. Um, in a hundred and sixty two game season, it doesn't make nearly as much sense. No, it doesn't. No, I'm with you. I I agree. I agree, and I understand that viewpoint. Like, if you're going to do the one six two, then you want the cream of the crop to be there, right? I think that's that's the point. It's um, sixty is different because there hasn't been enough time exactly. in baseball years, so to speak, to kind of let it simmer so that the cream can rise. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see the way it goes, but my gut feel is that 
they will be expanded because the players effectively are asking for more money. When we break it down, it's what the, what they're asking for, and the owners are going to go, okay, well, we cool. Need something to generate more revenue. Wow, we need to pay for it, right? You you want to you want the nice shiny new things? Then we got to pay for it somehow, and it's going to be an extra team or two. So. I think that's where it's going to land. But I think let's assume 162 and a DH is there. Like you, uh, with the DH, I was also... I wouldn't say I'm a traditionalist because I haven't followed the game long enough, to be honest with you. But I enjoyed the NL rules, having only ever really watched NL. One of my good friends who's an Angels fan, uh, when it came in, he was like, Pete, listen, when you see the DH, you'll be, a, <laughs> you'll be converted almost immediately. Trust me. I was like, no, nah, I don't think I will. Anyway, about three games in, I was like, Holy shit, why haven't we had the DH ever? It's stunning. <laughs> These pitches. Why am incredible. I watching Mike Fultonavich try to hit a baseball? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm totally with you. But all right, guys, let's get into our final ad of the day. US ad British twist. And it is our guys over at Bet Online. Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks' time. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know, going into the 22 season then, from a Braves perspective... Who are the Braves in 22? What's the identity of this Braves? Are they effectively the same as 21? It's it's very difficult to say at this point. Um, like I said earlier, there's so much of this team and, and the core of the team that won that, that are free agents right now. Hmm. Um, beyond just Freddie Freeman, like we were saying, uh, Rosario and Soler, I mean, without without any one of those three guys, this team looks drastically different. Now, with Ronald coming back, um, and you've still got your core uh, of of three big pitchers, um, Ozzy Albies. You still got Adam Duvall in the outfield. You you can make things happen. This is a team that can still win the division. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, it's very hard to say without knowing more about what the team's going to look like. Uh, I mean, we, we signed a backup catcher, uh, Manny Pena. Uh, I think that's, that's a good move. We extended Charlie Morton. Uh, another move that I think was fantastic. Uh, can't go beyond Charlie Morton without bringing up this guy pitched uh, in the world series on a broken leg. Wild. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of guy I want on my team. Yeah. Um, but we also went out and uh, you know, the Braves like, reclamation projects uh and and we tend to do fairly well with them we went and got jay jackson from a relief pitcher from the giants uh who had spent some time in japan and made it back to major league baseball and um you know could could be another good piece for us in the bullpen but yeah still uh i I mean despite the braves not being as highly ranked on the prospect list as they have been in in the past few years there's still a ton of young guys that the Braves are trying to develop mm. who, who just might not be on that list anymore. Looking at guys like a Kyle Wright who shined yeah. in, in the world series, uh, Tucker Davidson, who got a world series start and, and many, many others uh, that are still in, in double a AA or triple a, but could make a huge impact for them. 
Okay, guys, that is going to wrap us up for Friday edition of Locked On Marlins. Join us again tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, a Saturday episode of Locked On Marlins with me, Peter Pratt, and of course, Alex at Riley's Rakes will be back for part three of this Braves deep dive and discussion. And there are still plenty of topics that we need to get into. Sixto Sanchez, big theme. Ronald Acuna, big theme. Also, we have to get into the great man himself, Austin Riley, and a stunning 2021 season. Can he do it again? Wait and see. What's happening with Dansby Swanson? What's happening with this rotation, Mike Soroka? And also, what's going to be happening with this NL East? Predictions coming from Alex to round up. Spoiler alert, he does not have the Marlins in first place. Surprise, surprise. But guys, that is us done and out of here for Friday Join us again tomorrow, Saturday, for a Locked On Marlin special part three with Alex at Riley's Ricks.